Hello everyone and welcome back to the Queerpreneur podcast with me your host Sarah Taylor and I want to just start today with a shout out to the women who've been getting in touch with me to talk to me and tell me about how they're struggling with their sexuality or how they're in a straight relationship and knowing that they're gay or they've realised that they're gay or they are wondering how out to be, how out do they want to be in their life or in their business. And I just want to say to all of you that I know how much courage it can take to take that first step to reach out and I see you and I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast and yeah, taking that first step for yourself towards a life where you feel more able to be fully you. Big ups to all of you. And please be assured as well that I will be talking about some of those topics, probably all of those topics in future podcast episodes. And if those sorts of things are resonating with you, then please don't hesitate to send me a private message either over on Instagram at Sarah Taylor Coaching or you can email me um, because I'm here for you and I'm here to listen and I'm here to try and help you get out of this really difficult place and move forward. So over to today's show where I'm talking about the colourful world of LGBTQ plus terminology and I'm going to do my best to give you the lowdown on the acronyms and the labels and the terminology that can sometimes feel a bit confusing, um, even, you know, even for like us LGBTQ queer people <laughs> um, to get our heads around. I'm also going to be talking about pronouns and why they matter so much and tell you, you know, what you can do to build understanding and to help everybody, regardless of their gender or their sexuality, feel seen and heard and respected and equally included. And I've created a freebie for you. It's called the Queerpreneur Guide to LGBTQ Plus Terminology. You'll find the link in the show notes. So go and grab that after you've listened. Let's get on with today's show. Hey, everybody. I'm Sarah Taylor and welcome to the Queerpreneur podcast. This is the place for queer women who want to start or grow their business and their straight allies, where we build community raise awareness and create a platform to celebrate incredible women leaders, change makers and trailblazers. In every episode, my intention is to share knowledge, learning and resources that inspire you to think big, create more impact and step fully into your life and business in a way that feels authentic to you. So if you're ready to take action towards creating a more equal world for everyone, then let's get started. Hey everyone, before I get stuck into today's episode, there's a couple of things I want to say. Firstly, the information that I'm sharing with you is not intended to cover every single LGBTQ plus terminology. There are so many words out there that represent the vast diversity of the LGBTQ plus community. And it's really widely understood that this is a living and evolving language. The second thing is probably worth saying is there are different views on whether labels are a good thing. So, for example, some people think that labels are helpful because they raise awareness of the fact that there are different gender identities and sexualities that exist beyond the heterosexual and the binary male and female. 
Labels also give words and meanings to help make conversations easier and more comfortable for all of us, really. On the flip side, the LGBTQ plus acronym and the most commonly used terminology really fails to embrace the true diversity of gender and sexualities. And the number of different terminologies goes way beyond LGBTQ, as you're going to find out in this episode. And to be identified in terms of our sexuality or gender identity, when of course we're much more than a lesbian or a gay or a trans person, can feel really confining. However, when you've always felt different or you're struggling to find the words to explain how you feel or who you are, then I think the labels and the words and the meanings can really help. So in my view, what really matters when it comes down to it is that every individual has the right to decide how they identify, what their gender expression is and their sexual orientation. And they choose what labels they use or they decide that they don't want to identify with labels at all. Ultimately, it's down to them. And ultimately, that's what we need to understand and respect. What I can promise you're going to get out of today's episode is to feel better equipped to have more informed conversations about the LGBTQ plus community, to more deeply appreciate the heteronormative and binary world that we live in, and to make some personal choices about how you can influence that heteronormative world by the actions that you're taking on a daily basis. So let's start with labels. And by label, I mean the term that describes a person's gender or sexual orientation. So things like lesbian, bisexual, gay, queer, trans, non-binary, etc. Many LGBTQ plus people use labels to express who they are. These labels can help other people to understand who that person is and how they wish to identify. It's worth noting and understanding that there are some people in the LGBTQ community who don't use labels. This might be because they don't feel they identify with any specific label. It just doesn't fit for them. Or they just don't like the whole concept of labelling themselves. And again, what I said earlier, you know, what's really crucially important here is that respecting whatever people choose and supporting them with that. So let's move on to pronouns. The most commonly used pronouns for someone who identifies as female is she, her and hers. For someone who identifies as male, it's he, him and his. And then for someone who identifies as gender neutral or expresses their gender in a different way, it's they, them and theirs. There are other gender neutral pronouns used, but these tend to be the most common. If we stick with the binary pronouns, he, she, his, hers, etc. Along with these pronouns comes a certain set of expectations, norms, identity. He or she can feel really limiting. And he or she just doesn't fit for many people in the LGBTQ plus community. People who identify as non-binary or gender fluid or who express their gender in a different way to the conventional. Pronouns matter because they allow for expression. Using people's preferred pronouns means we can recognise and respect that there are other gender expressions in the world. If we're to create a more inclusive world where everyone feels safe and free to be their true self, then we have to move away from using just binary he, she, him, her pronouns. There are many people who don't feel comfortable with a single binary gender. And if this is all we're using, then we're excluding all of those people. 
And by the way, you don't have to be LGBTQ plus to use they, them, theirs or any other gender neutral pronouns. And just like sexuality, we can change our pronouns in line with how we're exploring our identity and working this stuff out. There's nothing wrong with using she, her, hers and then changing to they, them, theirs if that feels like a better fit for you. Why are you working it out? You know, go for it. One thing I've heard most often when I speak to people about using they, them, their pronouns is it's not proper English. Actually, it is. I'll let you Google it. Or it sounds weird. I just can't work out how to say it. I'm sorry, but this is rubbish. You're just not used to it. And because it's a societal norm, the binary gender of he and her, we've learned to believe that that's the only right way to address people. I mean, I say it's fairly intuitive. Like everything with practice, it will become second nature. Let me give you an example. If I used they as my pronoun, you could talk about me like this. Sarah went to the store to get some avocados to make guacamole. They were having a lovely time until they lost their temper when they couldn't find any right ones. They shouldn't be too hard on themselves though. They'll probably have better luck on their yummy guacamole quest next time. You see, it's not that difficult, is it? So that's pronouns. Let's move on to the main LGBTQ plus terminologies. I'm going to do a quick A to Z on this. Like I said at the beginning, this is not an exhaustive list. However, it will give you a good idea of the range and some of the most commonly used terms. My freebie guide to LGBTQ plus terminology, link in the show notes, does cover this in more detail. So do have a look at that. So we'll start with allies. An ally is someone who believes in and supports equality for LGBTQ plus people. An ally can be somebody within the LGBTQ plus community. So um, a lesbian could be an ally for a trans person. A gay man could be an ally for a lesbian, etc. Or they can be straight allies. They advocate on behalf of the LGBTQ plus community and they challenge prejudice and discrimination. I've created a whole episode all about allies and why they matter so much. It's episode two of the podcast, so do check it out if you've not listened yet. The next one is agender. An agender person is someone who doesn't identify with any gender or intentionally doesn't follow the expectations of gender. And then there's asexual or ace, A-C-E. And that's someone who experiences little or no sexual attraction or who experiences attraction but doesn't feel the need to act that out in a sexual way. Many people who are asexual still identify with a sexual orientation. For example, you can be asexual and lesbian or asexual and bisexual, etc. Then there's bisexual or bi. So this is someone who is attracted to those of their same gender as well as to those of different genders. So, for example, a woman who's attracted to both women and men. Some people use the word bisexual as an umbrella term to describe individuals that are attracted to more than one gender. Then there's biphobia, which kind of speaks for itself, but that's the fear or dislike of someone who identifies as bi based on their prejudice, you know, that person's prejudice or negative attitudes about bisexual people. And then we've got butch. So butch is a term used in LGBT culture to describe someone who expresses themselves in a particularly masculine way. Then we've got cisgender or cis. 
So that's cis is C-I-S and cisgender is C-I-S and then gender. And you'll hear people described as a cis man or a cis woman. And this really just means that the person is using the gender identity that matches the gender they were assigned at birth. Then we've got good old coming out. (laughs) So this is when a person first tells someone or others about their orientation and or gender identity. And I always would add to this, you know, that coming out to yourself is also a form of coming out. When you, for me, you know, accept your sexuality, your sexual orientation or your gender identity. Then we're on to D, we've got dead naming. So dead naming is when you call someone by their birth name after they've changed their name. So often associated with trans people who have changed their name as part of their transition. It's a really um, horrible thing to do actually to somebody if you're doing it without really respecting the fact that they've changed their name. And it's really important to respect that and use their new name. And then we've got dyke. So I've included this word as it's similar to queer in that it was in the past a derogatory word to describe gay, lesbian or queer women. However, now some women have reclaimed the word dyke and they use it for themselves. And as with queer, I wouldn't recommend, I would actually say don't do this. Do not call someone a dyke until you know that they've reclaimed it and they're happy for you to do so. If you're curious, I'm not one of the women who has reclaimed dyke. It just doesn't feel right for me. You know, personally, it's not a word that I would want to use. Next, we've got femme. And femme is a term used to describe someone who expresses themselves in a typically feminine way. Then we've got gay. And gay is often assumed to be used for a man who has romantic and or sexual orientation towards other men. But it's also a generic term that's used for lesbian and gay sexuality. Some women define themselves as gay, which I do sometimes, rather than lesbian. And some non-binary people may also identify with this term. So next we've got gender expression and gender identity. And gender expression is really about the external manifestations of gender expressed through such things as names, pronouns, clothing, haircuts, behaviour, voice, body characteristics and that sort of thing. Whereas gender identity is a person's internal, deeply held sense of gender. Some people identify completely with the gender they were assigned at birth, while others may identify with only a part of that gender or not at all. And some people identify with another gender entirely. Unlike gender expression, gender identity is not visible to other people. And then we have gender non-conforming. And gender non-conforming is someone whose gender identity and or gender expression doesn't conform to the cultural or societal expectations of gender. We're talking really related to male or female there. So somebody whose gender identity and or expression doesn't conform to that typical male-female conventional identity. That's gender non-conforming. And there's a number of different um, terminologies in here. Agender is included in here, as is bigender, gender fluid, gender queer, intergender and pangender. If 
you want more detail on those, then you can catch it in the freebie. Next, we've got horrible homophobia, the fear or dislike of someone based on prejudice or negative attitudes, beliefs or views about lesbian, gay or bi people. Then we've got intersex, which is a term used to describe a person who may have the biological attributes of both sexes or whose biological attributes do not fit with societal assumptions about what constitutes male or female. Intersex people may identify as male, female or non-binary. Then we've got the most popular acronym, I would say at the moment, which is LGBTQ. And this is the most widely used acronym for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and queer people. Sometimes when the Q is seen at the end of LGBT, it can also mean questioning. Then we've got lesbian. So lesbian is a woman who is attracted to other women. Some lesbians prefer to identify as gay women, which I do quite a lot of the time, as I've said. Then we've got non-binary, and this is an umbrella term for people whose gender identity doesn't sit comfortably with man or woman. Non-binary identities are very varied and can include people who identify with some aspects of binary identities, while others reject them entirely. Sometimes non-binary, you can see that as MB, so look out for that too. Then you've got outed which is pretty unpleasant thing to do to somebody. Um, sometimes people do it by mistake, but, you know, it's something to be really careful of. So this is when someone in the LGBTQ plus community, basically their secular orientation or their gender identity is disclosed to other people without their consent. Next, you've got pansexual, often shortened to pan. And pansexual people are attracted to people of any or all genders. Simple as that. <laughs> then you've got pride, which is the celebration of LGBTQ plus identities, but also a protest against discrimination and violence. Pride events are celebrated in many countries around the world. Often they're around June time to celebrate and com commemorate the Stonewall riots that began in New York City in June 1969, which was a really pivotal moment in the modern LGBTQ plus movement. Then you've got queer. And in the broadest sense, queer stands for anyone who is not heterosexual and or cisgender. Today, the term queer is increasingly and powerfully being used to describe all identities and politics that go against normative beliefs. So the term queer is now really valued by many LGBTQ plus people for its defiance and those who find it to be an appropriate term to describe their more fluid identities. Then we've got questioning, which is a time in many people's lives, I think, I would say probably all LGBTQ plus people have been through it, where they're questioning or experimenting with their gender expression or their gender identity and their sexual orientation. It's really a unique and very personal experience for everybody. For some people, it can last a lifetime. And for some people, they might get quite clear on what their expression is, what their sexual orientation is. And that might not change very much over the lifetime. It's really very different for different people. Then we've got straight or heterosexual. And this is a word to describe women who are attracted to men and men who are attracted to women. And this is not exclusive to those who are cisgender. 
For example, some trans men identify as straight because they are attracted to women. Sexual orientation is next, and this is the desire one has for emotional, romantic and or sexual relationships with others based on their gender expression, gender identity and or sex. Then we're on to T, transgender or trans. And a trans person is someone whose gender identity is different from the one that was assigned to them at birth. Many transgender people identify as either male or female, while others might see transgender as an umbrella term and identify as gender non-conforming or queer. And then we've got transphobia, which like biphobia and homophobia, is the fear or dislike of someone based on the fact that they're trans, including denying their gender identity or refusing to accept it. And transphobia may be targeted at people who are or who are perceived to be trans, just in the same way as biphobia and homophobia. <laughs> so there you have it, a bit of a whistle-stop tour to some of the most commonly used terminologies for the LGBTQ community. I really hope that's been helpful and I just want to conclude with an invitation to all of you listening. Queers and non-queers. What can you do to be more inclusive and use this information to support and influence greater equality? We're so conditioned to assume people's gender and sexuality by what they look like or the sex they're born into and we've got to move away from this. So I've got five tips for you. Firstly, Don't assume anyone's gender until you know. How about using they, them, their pronouns until you do know? Secondly, use pronouns yourself to show that you recognise that there are more than two genders. Number three, you can ask new people you meet which pronouns they use and how they identify. I mean, a good way to do this is by telling them yours first. And I know it might feel weird at first, but I can promise you it's a whole lot better than misgendering somebody. Number four, notice all the ways society excludes anybody who doesn't fit into a binary box or a heterosexual box. Once you start noticing that, you will see it more and more. And if you can influence change, please do it. And number five, Look at how inclusive you are, the language you're using, the assumptions you're making and consider where you can start making changes in your day-to-day life. So finally, raising your awareness of why this matters is change in itself because it means that you're going to start noticing not only your own assumptions if you're making them but also where others are making assumptions, where others are biased or discriminating. And that means that you're going to be able to start making changes. You're going to be able to start supporting other people to make changes. And that, my friends, creates a very powerful ripple effect. (laughs) So don't forget to grab my guide to LGBTQ plus terminology. The link's in the show notes. And that just leaves me to say thank you for being here. And do let me know what your biggest takeaway has been from today's episode. You can send me a message over on Instagram at Sarah Taylor Coaching. You can also contact me on Facebook or LinkedIn, or you can send me an email if you prefer. This has been the Queerpreneur podcast with me, Sarah Taylor of sarah-taylor.co.uk. 
So until next week, stay safe, stay well and take really good care. And I will catch you next time.